Welcome to the Heart and Soul Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Bernard. This is the place where we discuss authentic and inspiring leadership. It's the kind of stuff they don't teach you in business school. The Heart and Soul Leadership Podcast is dedicated to bringing you insight on how your leadership has a direct impact on people's lives. Let's do this. Welcome to the show. All right, welcome, welcome to this 18th episode of the Heart and Soul Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Suzanne Bernard. And in today's episode, we're going to look at the new um, definition of burnout that was included in the World Health Organization official definitions of um, ailments at work. And we're going to discuss what to do when somebody in your team hands in a doctor's note and it's a burnout and it's a six weeks absence from work or whatever number of weeks and also we're going to discuss what you should be doing as a leader when the person actually returns to work after a burnout and I really want to discuss all the stigma that's around uh, mental health issues at work Uh, This is a delicate uh, conversation to be had, so I really want to share with you very openly and very heartfelt the way I would have, uh, the way I was doing it in the workplace as the HR uh, executive, and to give you a bit of guidelines on what you can do or say and what you shouldn't do or say. In that way, you can can avoid uh, the uh, main mistakes or pitfalls from those situations they're not easy to to discuss so let's get started first of all I want to read you the definition of burnout according to the World Health Organization that means that when they include a definition of a work issue or a health problem it means that all of a sudden this is a recognized condition right so Burnout was not recognized uh, in most jurisdictions, most countries, and by most organizations, including um, organizations such as insurance companies. And today, it's been uh, official, well, today, the end of May, so a couple of weeks back, end of May 2019, it was officially included. So here's the definition of burnout according to the World Health Organization. So burnout is a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by these three dimensions. Feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion, increased mental distance from one's job or feeling of negative negative negativism <laughs> or cynicism related to one's job and lastly reduced professional efficiency burnout refers specifically to phenomena in the occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life okay so Let's just deconstruct this a little bit. Burnout is is a syndrome conceptualized. So that's, you know, a syndrome conceptualized. I'm not sure what that means. 
but they're saying that it's resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. So for me, it kind of blames the victim here, right? So the person did not successfully manage their stress. So I'm a bit um, deceived by this way of defining it but at least there's an official definition and then at the end it specifies that burnout refers specifically to phenomena in occupational context and should not be applied to describe experiences in other areas of life so meaning burnouts are a result of what happens at work and it shouldn't be used anywhere else than at work in terms of burnout is work-related 100%. So I don't, I'm not totally sure that burnouts are only related to work because when people are not feeling good, there's all oftentimes many different reasons why this is happening. Um, it could be mainly work, but there's also other things that can, that can pile on. So I wouldn't want to ignore the fact that other items stemming from other parts of one's life that are outside of work can impact a person's well-being and can precipitate the burnout situation. But yes, we're going to just agree here for a moment that burnout is mainly due to work. And in the case of this particular World Health Organization definition, it just comes from work. That's it. That's all. So they made it nice and simple on that uh, angle. So in this podcast episode, I'm really going to want to focus on the person, not the money, because why the definition of burnout is only being included today or like in this year uh, to the definition of workplace uh, health issues is a big mystery to me because burnout has been in existence and has been documented and people have had uh, absence of from work <coughs> excuse me at least here in my jurisdiction I'm sitting in North America in Canada Eastern Canada and have been given typically six weeks off of work for burnout reasons for a number of years uh so far and I'm thinking that maybe the reason why uh, definitions have been haven't been officialized is maybe because of money because it does create um, money issues or money concerns when people go off and they have insurance then the insurance they pay so I'm thinking that's why people were that definition wasn't being included but like I said, on this episode, I want to concentrate on people, not on money. And I'll just start by explaining to you that as an HR director, I would be the one who, who would receive the doctor's notes when somebody would be uh, going to the doctor and coming and giving handing in the note for justification of their absence at work. And of course, I keep the note to myself and the diagnosis uh, confidential but I would have to have a discussion with the person's leader 
most of the time I would just get the note, right? I wouldn't see the person face to face. We don't require the person to walk into work and give us the note. And we don't try to contact them unless they want to contact us. That's part of our uh, confidentiality and respect protocol that we have usually here as employers. Um, but um, I would still need to have the conversation with the, the leader in terms of, well, you have an employee and the person is going to be absent from work for six weeks. So that's information that I would give, but the conversation that would come would be more along the lines of, oh, the leader might be surprised, the person might know already that this was coming. Um, most of the time they would want to know why and they would want to discuss, you know, what's going to happen next. So let me just start by saying that any and all information related to one's health is totally confidential. So as uh, my own uh, ethic as a, an HR director would not enable me or would I would I, I would not be able to discuss what's on the paper All, the only thing I could say was this person will be away for six weeks now I could also say it's for a mental health issue and I couldn't say more and not it this this is the moment where we would you know i would realize how tolerant or intolerant that particular person department or area of the business was to uh people who suffer from mental health conditions and i'm polite by saying tolerant or intolerant because really it's judgmental right that's that's what people have they have a judgment when someone is off from work for six weeks for burnout reasons um we i realized that we don't judge people who are off from work because they need to get an operation or they broke a leg or they have a heart condition we judge we don't judge the same way and we're not as we're not intolerant to that. We just think, well, that's life. People have issues and they have to go out and get an operation and they'll be back, right? But when it, when it's a mental uh, condition or issue, then it's all kinds of judgment kick in and, and even things like thinking the person is is weak for, for having, not, for, for not having been able to withstand whatever pressure was going on Especially when the leader will tell, would tell me things like, well, all the other people have the same pressure. Why would one person go down more than the other? And that's where I would, you know, start having the conversation on, well, we don't know what this person is going through at home. You know, if you have to combine all the pressure at work plus a sick child or a failing marriage or financial issues, we, we can't just start judging people that way. So let's just leave it as is. That person needs six weeks off. And then I would kick in the, the conversation on, for me, when somebody is away from work for burnout, I find that there is a 50-50 responsibility on that, meaning 50% is on the person themselves who got sick from their work probably for not setting proper boundaries or not setting boundaries soon enough, uh, not asking for help, not taking their vacation or at least a few rest days once in a while, um, overworking themselves, 
not managing their stress by not paying attention enough to the sleep, eat, move uh, trios, meaning good, good quality sleep, extra good quality food and moving the body in the, ter- in the sense of uh, yoga and uh, sports. So most of the time, that's the 50% of the responsibility that belongs to each person. Um, and the issue of a burnout spin is that these good healthy practices are perceived by the person as impossible because they have so much work uh, to do, to perform and to actually keep their job that they spin out of the good healthy practices and into work, work, work and whatever other obligations they might have, like run home, cook dinner, get the kids to sleep and clean up and whatever, or all kinds of other personal issues that can happen. Taking care of elderly parents is also one of them. Having a handicapped child or a lot of a child who needs a lot, a lot of attention and has special needs. So that all kind of bunches up together and the person spins into a burnout situation. They spin themselves, but the other half, okay? Uh, the other half, I believe, is that as a leader, we need to uh, be careful of what we see and pay attention. And it's not about, you know, probing and asking questions. It's about First of all, basic, basic, every leader is responsible to ensure that the workplace is exempt from all forms of incivility, bullying, and harassment, okay? Because these three things, when they are there but ignored, they do create burnout, for sure. And I've, I've spoken about these three uh, subjects extensively in previous podcast episode. I'll put the links in the show notes at what episode that I discussed um incivility bullying and harassment so i i don't want to go into that right now but i want to just make sure that you guys understand that that's part of it right and now i'm going to concentrate on leaders that must see the signs of exhaustion stress distress pain etc in the people that work for them but also that As leaders, we must have the courage to discuss this with the person. And again, I will make a reminder that health condition is personal and that you should not ask the person, are you feeling depressed or are you burning out? I mean, that's that's not the right way to go about it. And I'll explain to you what is the right way or what things you can say, but I, let me just emphasize that there's a difference between being a leader and being a doctor. So unless we are doctors, we cannot diagnose uh, someone's condition. So let's be clear on the fact that we are not to diagnose. We are not to say this person has schizophrenia because their behavior is this, this and that. We are not to say, I think that person is depressed or I think that person is burned out. First of all, there's a difference between burnout and depression. Um And most people don't even know that difference. And I'll just do a segue here and explain it. And then I'll get back to what is it you can say or not say when you see the signs in people. 
So my segue on the difference between burnout and depression, I learned this from a very um, uh, a very famous uh, stress researcher here in the province of Quebec. And um, the person that is depressed sees nothing as important and nothing is interesting, whereas the person who's burning out sees everything on the same plane of importance and everything is important and they don't know where to start and they can't figure it out. They, they, they have everything is a priority. Okay, so that's basically the big difference without getting into uh, research and, and, and the rabbit hole of all these details. And I'll also put in the show notes the name of that expert and her book. And um, she also gives conferences. So anyone who's interested in inviting her at their work would be great. I did. I had her come in for uh, several sessions to explain to people what is stress and how to manage stress. So that's very interesting. Um, so what is it that you can do or say if you start seeing um, signs that your people are getting tired and you're worried that they could burn out? First thing is make sure your people take their yearly vacation. I mean, you, it's it's, imp, it's amazing how many people feel they can't go on vacation or they have to cancel vacation because there's this big deadline coming up. Um, and then they didn't go this year, they didn't go last year, they won't go next year. And next thing you know, it's been five years without vacation. That doesn't make sense. I mean, we can convince ourselves and you can think it's okay as a leader and maybe you've been doing that yourself that's the example you're giving your people but honestly it doesn't make sense to the human body to never have a, a moment to rest time with the family time for self the next thing you can do is make sure that there is no work on weekends and evenings unless it is um, exceptional right Uh, also, when your employees are sick, uh, they should not work from home. I don't know. There's this phenomenon going on now that people have laptops. Is they they when they're sick, they either go home with the the computer in case they can't come to work the next day, or they come back and pick it up so they can work from home. If a person is sick, especially under a doctor's note that they have to be at home sick, you are not to make them work. It's not. It's not the right approach for them to heal. And in most uh, situations, because they will be insured at, for, for the uh, absence of work, then they shouldn't be working as, as well as uh, getting insurance payments. Okay, so that's, that's the second reason. But the first reason is really a human compassion reason is they need to rest and they need to heal. And it's not by making them work another extra five, six or eight hours that they're going to heal. They need to rest. The body is telling them they need to rest. Also, you should have a strict policy that between, let's say, 7 p.m. and 7 a.m., uh, 7 p.m. tonight and 7 a.m. tomorrow morning, there are no phone calls or emails or meetings. And you should display that behavior, actually. And it's, it's still a 12-hour window when you can where you can communicate with your people and they can communicate with you it's still slightly abusive in my sense but that's the policy I was under and that I was applying and that was the understanding I had with my team 
The other thing is let your people know that they should seek colleague help, colleagues' help if they have too much work. And if no one can provide support to their team, team members in your team because you're short-staffed by two out of five or two out of seven or, you know, you're, everybody's so extra, extra busy that they can't help each other, then you have to admit that you don't have enough staff and you have to get support for your team and that is your responsibility and focus on, you know, recruiting for your team so that support actually will come. If you're so busy that you're not even paying attention to the resumes that your recruiter is sending you, then you're not helping your team. Then you are in the 50% responsibility of burnouts. So just back out of this thinking and do the right thing. Be the compassionate person. Take your responsibility. Go for that, that uh, recruitment. It's taking your focus away from work. Fine, but these people are going to do work for you and it, that, that's what you need to be doing next is don't overwork yourself uh, because that's not the right example to give when people see their leader overworked tired circles under eyes uh, almost like coming into work uh, totally tired right off the bat in the morning it's not an example you want to give your people and the last thing is Remind your staff that they have access to em the employee help program, hoping that you have such a program in your organization. Uh, but this last point is usually the only point that leaders have when they see someone is, is in some kind of stress or distress, is they'll say, well, I think you should go to the employee help program. You know, so I actually went through seven or six or seven other options that you have to make sure that you do and say and communicate uh, before people actually get sick. Um, I find that many leaders cop out in the face of mental condition issues and all they do is either they ignore the situation or tell the person to seek help. Well, for me, that's not good enough because it's too vague And it lets the situation continue and grow because that person, they want to please you. They want to perform. They want to deliver. And what they do is more and more and more hours. And in some sense, you're happy with that because you need to, that delivery, that, that, that um, thing to be delivered, that mandate to be delivered, right? So you're kind of benefiting from this person's extra, extra work. And so that means you're kind of closing your eyes on something that looks like maybe the person is overdoing it and maybe they could get sick. So it's one of those situations that won't go away if you don't address it. Some people think, well, I'm not going to talk about it because I don't want this burnout to actually materialize. That's the opposite. If you don't talk about it and you just leave it that way, it's not going to go away. It's actually going to get worse. However, it is not your responsibility to solve the person's issue. Okay. If you can help, if you can address some of the things in the workplace, that is your responsibility. But solving it You know, returning to health, that is the person, the individual's responsibility. Do you see the difference between addressing a situation and solving it? 
okay? It's a fine line, but here's a, th a list of things that you don't want to be doing in the face of mental conditions or perhaps you're, you know, suspecting it. So I said it before, first thing is you don't want to diagnose the person yourself. You don't want to probe with health questions. Like I said, health condition is totally confidential. The only person that can have this conversation with the employee in your organization is your HR director and then the doctor. That's it. Uh, don't ignore the person's distress or the work situation that is creating that for that person, even if you think that there's nothing to it. Even if you think everybody else is, you know, fine with it. We are all different. We all have different uh, capabilities and we all have different pri private lives, like I said before. So we don't know what's going on in a person's life. So we can't say, well, because the nine others are taking this pressure, this this 10th person has to be able to take the pressure and it's not my problem. Yes, it is. It's going to be your problem when this person is going to be off work. Okay. Um, but there's no need to feel guilty or take on the entire responsibility of back to health. And then don't judge. Just try to understand. Uh, next one is don't be naive. So... I have to say this, there are some people who do abuse the system, but in my 20 plus years experience as an HR director, I would say that is less than 1% of cases. So, okay, so let's not be naive if we have an abuse in front of us, but let, not, let's not uh, cry abuse every time something like that happens. Um, and please, please, the last point, don't convince yourself that, quote unquote, there's nothing I can do. She or he has a mental condition. That's just cop, cop, copping out. You don't want to, you, you don't want to say stuff like that because as a leader, you have a responsibility. I've been through the steps or things that you can do in your workplace to ensure that there's an open communication between you and your people that you are able to discuss these things openly, not specifically to a person, but openly discuss with your team that if they feel they want to talk to you about what's going on in, for them with work on a one-to-one -one basis and discuss personal needs or matters or issues, that they should feel at ease to come and talk to you and that you would not want judgment to go around Uh, your team about mental conditions at work. So I want to also emphasize that each person is responsible to act in the direction of what they want to change or solve. And your role as a leader is to support their effort, support their request before it is too late so that you can avoid these very stressful situations. Um, I'd love to discuss return to work Uh, but what I'm going to do is we're going to discuss this on the next episode. Um, I'm just going to let that settle in. I'm also going to ask you to please react, comment. Um, I really enjoy reading your reactions to these uh, subjects. And um, if you really want to 
um, help me out you can uh, subscribe to this podcast we talk about all kinds of leadership issues and if you need me to talk about something specific you can also let me know and i will say goodbye for now and talk to you next time bye everyone